And there's a lot of other, for example, the idea that we're, uh, in terms of uh, taxes, that they refuse to, for example, we, uh, I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the, the global warming bill. Anyway, I was able to cut by $1.7 billion in the first two years the deficit that we uh, were, were accumulating. And uh, because I was able to say to it that the 55 corporations in America that made $400 billion or $40 billion, $400 billion, that uh, they, uh, they had paid zero in tax. Zero. I can only imagine the number of my constituents who are unknowingly being poisoned by their gas stove in the state that it is without this proposed rule being in effect. Uh, Stephen, Stephen um, Munchkin, Munchkin uh, said. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Without semiconductors, your smartphone would not be a smartphone. It would be a paperweight that occupies a big space in your pocket. Prisoner of your love, entangled in your web, hot whispers in the night. I'm captured by your spell. Gotcha. Oh yes, I'm touched by this show of emotion. Should I be fractured by your lack of devotion? Welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 133 here on Thursday, May 25th. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm Mike McKenna. I'm currently in the middle of a pretty pronounced sugar rush, so this is going to be a good show. <laughs> well, well, how's your week been? Great. Good. Glad to hear it. I've eaten all the chocolate I get my hands on. I've eaten all the chocolate I can get my hands on. Sounds good. I just got back from a couple, a few days in the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where yeah. I, I was uh, in the hotel right across the street from PNC Park. Uh, too bad the bridge is closed. It would have been a good, fun, easy walk across the bridge to the, to the stadium. Were the Pirates playing? Yeah, they were, they were playing and they were losing to the Rangers, I think, when we were there. So um hey i don't I, do, do you have any idea what joe biden was saying in that clip uh, yeah he uh, was saving america from climate change and businesses from money and i don't know <laughs> that was that was in japan by the way so fortunately for him uh there was already a translation issue <laughs> There was already a translation I was challenge. Say, let's hope. Let's so hope. maybe the translator fixed it for him. That's a, exactly. I have no idea what he said. I have no idea. Yeah, well. But I did hear what Corey Bush said. Corey Bush said Gastos were poisoning her constituents. <sighs> Boy. You know, not often, but occasionally I fear for the Republic. I really do. Yeah, I, 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 I'll leave that. I'll leave that right there. And of course, the press secretary, I get that his name is a little hard to pronounce, but Steve Munchkin. Steve Munchkin, it's good a name as any. It's actually, <laughs> actually, that M is silent. I don't understand why people have trouble with that. At M is silent. The, the name is actually pronounced Nukin, but he himself has screwed it up by saying it's Mnukin. I'm like, dude, on the other hand, what would you expect from a Yaley? Can't even pronounce his own name, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so you're not blaming the press secretary. I'm words. blaming the I'm blaming the person who deserves the blame, and that is the secretary, the former secretary of treasury, Steve Nukin. So anyhow, uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, Joe, 
said we chose to go to the moon not because it is easy but because it is hard in this and, in, in uh, this in this decade whatever a decade might be i think it's and, 10 i think uh, it's 10 years but where i'm from we pronounce it decade <laughs> i put that in there for a reason but also to contrast it with camilla's inspirational message about the importance of semiconductors uh paperweights in your pockets i Keeping... What, would we, what would we do without semi keep What would we do? We would obviously we would have we would we would have paperweights in our pockets to keep very us very expensive paper to keep us from floating away. That is exactly right. So, well done, well done, Secretary. Uh, and of course, uh, you I'm sure heard heard the news that uh, Tina Turner has departed this world uh, yesterday. I did see that. Age of 84, I believe it was. Yeah, 80, 83, 84. She was born in 1939. I did see that. I'm sorry about that. On the other hand, yeah, she, didn't, yeah. on the other hand now, she, she didn't get gypped, so there's that. Yeah, and did you know this, that she uh, relinquished her U.S. citizenship? Uh, no. To For what? Switzerland. She Yeah, she died at her home in Switzerland. But she left the country a long time ago, uh, and she just felt like she was more um, at home in Europe. So that was that was news to me in my uh, research. I didn't expect that. I me neither. That. I'm glad for her. So, All that other good stuff, you know. I'm. I'm I, I have nothing to say. I'm like now, who, who, now who, that I have no clue who would move to Europe voluntarily. Asia. Now that. Um, that song is probably by by no means her best song, but I don't understand. For some reason, I used to love that song when it first came out. Like I don't, it just, it was. It, I chose that song because it was a personal thing. I don't know why. You know, Tom. So sometimes I know that there was a heck it. of a lot better songs. I get it. Sometimes you, also she sometimes was not you born grow... Tina Turner. Of course, she was born Anna Mae Bullock. I get it, Tom. Sometimes you girls Tennessee. just need to have a glass of wine and listen to your <laughs> Tina Turner. You better be good to me. I, I don't, don't know what it is. I just you don't like have to explain song. it. It's okay. So. Get your get your comfiest robe on and watch a good Hallmark movie and cry. It's roll, okay. Rolling on a river probably would have been better, but <laughs> no, no. All right, um, we got a lot to cover. But uh, do you have any announcements? Uh, I'm sure I'm supposed to, but I can't remember what they are. Okay. Well, I have one, and I wanted to. I'm going to put this in the show notes, but I'm not going to. We're not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to read it. But one of our friends passed along a rather lengthy interview uh, with a doctor, Jay Bhattacharya. Yeah, Bhattacharya yeah. from from Stanford. Yep. Uh, the the uh, uh, professor at Stanford, who um, this was from Hoover's Uncommon Knowledge. Um, it's about an hour, but I I really encourage everyone just to watch it. Yeah, so do I. Jay was one of the three guys behind the Great Barrington um, Declaration which was the yeah. earliest attempt by the medical community and scientific community to push back on the notion of that vaccines were going to be efficacious and that masks meant anything and expressing concerns about um, trials and testing. And for his trouble, there were two others. I can't remember. It was a lady and a, and a guy. For his trouble, for their troubles, they were attacked by the legacy media, despite the fact if you go back and read it now, they were prescient. Yes, they were, and also they um, he he did an early he did early clinical trials in the uh, community and determined that the uh, the vaccine the COVID um, virus was well prevalent already uh, in the population that he tested before the first cases started being recorded. He's a he's so, a he's a uh, and for that he also was was uh, maligned yeah, uh, and attacked. Yeah. So. Uh, he he's it's a really good interview um really well worth and he actually did a cameo in uh yesterday's twitter episode which we'll discuss later in the yeah. uh in the in the unregulated podcast as well so that was my announcement just put it at the top of the show notes and just take your time to watch oh, it a legitimately great man he really absolutely. is absolutely yeah uh this day in history 1787 uh, 17 June 14, 1787. June, wait, what yes, day sir. is it? What day is it? May, May 25th. I don't know where you yeah, got June. Uh, let's guess it's the start of the Constitutional Convention. 
Boom. You are right, sir. Well, 1787, beginning of the summer, right? Not that complicated. U.S. Constitutional Convention opened in Philadelphia on this day. Yeah. Uh, where 55 state delegates initially charged with amending the Articles of Confederation later drafted the Constitution of the United States. So uh, this day in 1935, uh, this is sports. Give Give me one more data point on it. Bambino. Babe Ruth. He didn't quit in the middle of baseball season, did he? No. Actually, he didn't finish that season, but this was his last season, and this was his last monument. This was the last addition to his record that last Oh, he hit his last home run. That is correct. He hit 714. Home run number 714, the last home run of his stellar career. A short career. retired later that year. Yeah. So... 1935, 1977. You're not going to guess this one either. Oh, I know. I'm totally going to guess this one. I was going to say Star Wars. There's only there's only two things that happened of any relevance to the world in 19 in the summer of 1977. I know both of them. One of them is, of course, Star Wars came out now. Um, And the other is that Smokey and the Bandit followed it about two weeks later. And it's difficult to remember this now. Of course, Tom, you weren't even born then, but um, I was born. I was born. What, were was you like t- two months old? No, sir. I was at least six but or five. Six, or yeah. Well, back in the summer of '77, Smokey and the Bandit and Star Wars vied for the most popular film that whole summer. And let me tell you something. This is back when you would go to that the movie. That tells you everything you need to know about America. America right used there. to be a great country. Exactly. You know, the great <laughs> thing is, is back when you're. You know, back before the TV played these movies, you would go to the movie theater like six or seven times to see these things. I literally spent the entire summer of 1977 in the movie theater watching Star Wars and or Smokey and the Bandit. It was oh, the that, best. It was the best. That's good. And both both movies are are worth watching over and over and, and over. And then so and it then was not a waste. It, of time. it was actually the okay. I want to I want to do a divergence on the summer of 77 because I think it's worthwhile. It was it was also a fairly bittersweet summer for me um elvis presley died at the beginning of the summer right over the memorial day weekend like now in the memorial day weekend like thursday or friday um in 1977 and my grandfather died over the labor day weekend again like i think the thursday of labor day weekend so it was a very and there was of course son of sam in in new york so it was a very busy summer for me very busy summer lots of things going on seven man yeah summer of sam that's crazy all right, uh, there's a couple more quick ones. 1961. Oh, yeah, right. we, is that the Kennedy thing? <laughs> yeah, that's well, right. With the clip. Come in. on, thanks for the clue. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, the famous speech. Um, of course, he, pr- the fun part about that speech, he, he ticked off a few other really hard things, like why did we do this and why did we fly across the Atlantic? And uh, he also said, why does Rice play... Uh, Texas A&M <laughs> like that because he gave the speech in, uh, in Texas, you good. know, for this face stuff. Good for him. So I thought that was pretty good. He, he glossed over it and just went right into the hard part of the speech. So, uh, and then lastly, uh, this one is 2011 and you are a hundred percent not going to guess this one. So I'll just give it away. This is the last episode of the, uh, airing of the Oprah Winfrey show. What? In 2011. Okay, okay. Let me just let me just stop this train right here. This Tina Turner thing was bad enough. Now I got to listen to Oprah Winfrey. I'm waiting. <laughs> well, but, I but, only brought that up are, too because are we going to advertise for? Are we going to advertise for Hallmark no, you movies see the next? Rumors swirling about her, right? No, as what she's going to run for president. They want to draft her for the DiFi seat. Yeah, she wouldn't she be a bad pick. Gavin, she checks Gavin's box. She'd be a better pick than Barbara Lee. So uh, that's, that's at least, the, at the least latest she, rumor. She she would I I mean this in all seriousness. Speaking as an American citizen, she'd be a better choice than Barbara Lee. Yeah. Well, also uh, then it would be it would uh, enable Gavin to not uh, pick sides in that little in that little skirmish. <laughs> wow. So. That's that's what the republic comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody not wanting to pick sides. 
in a in a skirmish between the left and the farther left. It's, so. it's, it's... All right, let's move on to our subjects of the day. First, we have let's do a debt limit update. I'm gonna play a little montage, montage. for us on the state of the negotiations. Okay. This is urgent, uh, but this is not political. The lack of urgency here. Uh, is apparent from the negotiating stance of the White House. White House negotiators will be back on Capitol Hill today to resume debt limit talks with the goal of moving closer to a deal. But Louisiana Republican Congressman Garrett Graves says both sides are still far apart. Until the White House understands that they have a spending crisis, they have a tax crisis, and they have a debt crisis, we're not going to be able to make this deal. Republicans are demanding deep spending cuts in exchange for raising the debt ceiling. We're at $32 trillion. We owe more money than our entire economy is. But Democrats say the proposed cuts are anything but reasonable. House Democrats are not going to sign on to devastating cuts for teachers, food assistance, or Medicaid. The Treasury Department continues to warn lawmakers that June 1st remains the date when the U.S. could default on its debts. Speaker McCarthy needs to get serious before he sends the country spiraling into a recession. All right, so uh, rumors are, so McCarthy sent, as of right now, McCarthy sent members home, giving them a notice that they could be called back during the recess. Uh, we're hearing that they're really close on some things. Um, as of yesterday, it was didn't look as good as today. I don't know what that all of that means. But here's what I heard on the um, the permitting stuff, and this is not good, actually. What I have heard is is that White House is redlining a whole bunch of stuff uh, in the Builders Act, except for maybe the one federal decision stuff and maybe some uh, timelines. In exchange for language in different provisions, including uh, from a Carper bill, uh, basically codifying the community engagement stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, which I, would be terrible. Um, okay, first and of, would actually be a loss. First so. of all, I'm skeptical about that. I'm skeptical that any of the permitting stuff's going to make it in. Second off, well, we're... I'm hoping at this point that's the case. Oh, I hope it does. Like it I, I hope you know what. Let me just finish my thought, and then we'll come back to this for a second. Okay. Right, we're going to get an announcement probably Friday after the close of the stock market. Um, that's going to be a, hey, we got a deal, right? That's what's going on. I think, and it'll be a fairly bare bones deal. It won't include a lot of extraneous stuff. Maybe work requirements only because that um, keeps costs down in that particular set of programs. I doubt it'll include permitting, but. If it does include the community engagement office, I will laugh because I have been trying to tell everybody for the last five months that this permitting reform is not the way to do it. And guys who are supposed to be super smart and who used to run the federal permitting whatever center have been telling everybody, no, no, no. And now if they have to eat an office of community engagement, which is going to make permitting worse – I'm going to call up the chamber and API and all these other chuckleheads who don't know anything, who've been the wrong on this. And I'm going to be like, that's the price you pay for being wrong. Somebody jams you at the last minute. So long story short is, let's review. Republicans, great, probably heading towards a great deal on the debt. Um, and, you know, hopefully not heading towards defeat on permitting. But if they are, the good news is, It'll be an opportunity for people to reflect upon the choices they've made in their lives. So that's good. That's always good to be able to do that. I'm no, just, you know what? Good. I'm so sick. I'm so sick of the of 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 the business community who don't know anything get in the middle of stuff and then having stuff like this happen to them. I'm like, if you guys would just get out of the way and let the professionals do their work, this stuff could be avoided. But no. And now you're gonna get this office of community engagement. You're going to get to eat it on the regular for 10 years. So, skull, brother. Sorry, keep going. Well, I, um, I'm i hoping that we don't have to learn that lesson, but... Uh, oh, I, you know what? Point... The great thing about the world is um, everybody learns at their own speed, and usually people... The worst people part about like all of it, quite frankly, is that uh, we, 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 we always end up having to advocate for them to do nothing... Yeah, and then they then then uh, we 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 have to call it somehow call it a victory. 
Well, I, you well, know we what? We were able to keep that dog out of the out of the thing, and and we we're supposed to be happy with the, with that as with, a win. With, yeah, with right? the with the with the negative win. You know, the funny yeah. thing is that's going to be the greatest thing if they get the community engagement thing in. It's to, it's, it's going to be sitting there watching all these Republican House members try to explain how that's a great thing. Well, it'll be they'll be cheering about permitting reform, and meanwhile, they will have gotten into law. That which they're trying to do at FERC that we stopped. It's 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 so yeah, man. I'm I, I, yeah. I'm 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 anyway, I'm hoping it does. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I'm just it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of guys. Is I guess my message. Debt limit's going to be what really, it's going to be. Honestly, seventy-two hour. We, we will have seventy-two hours to, uh, you know, have allow people to to talk about it and comment about it. Yeah, but once but, once 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 these guys sign off on it, even the House Democrats are going to vote for it. I think the, I think the final vote on something like this is going to be like three hundred votes. Just a guess. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. Moving on. Politics. Yo. The big day. The big the big day. This a big week this week in presidential politics. Yeah, man. Here is uh, Governor Ron DeSantis's opening salvo. Our border is a disaster. Crime infests our cities. The federal government makes it harder for families to make ends meet. And the president flounders. But decline is a choice. Success is attainable. And freedom is worth fighting for. Riding the ship requires restoring sanity to our society, normalcy to our communities, and integrity to our institutions. Truth must be our foundation. And common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. In Florida, we prove that it can be done. We chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback. All right, so I love the music. I love the, you know, sort of intense theme, et cetera. Um, I, I, I understand that the Twitter thing is not going over well. Uh, lots, of, lots of glitches. So I listened to it. I, I thought it was fine. I, I I actually didn't start listening to it until, I guess apparently there were a whole bunch of stuff in the beginning. So uh, Politico, there's a story about this. So Politico had had a reporter out at Tim Scott's thing in Iowa this morning. Yeah, and they like he apparently asked 300 people, like, did you see that Twitter thing? And everyone was like, no, of course not. What are you what kind of loser? Right. Are you? We're Americans. We right. don't we don't pay attention to Twitter. You know, right. it's it it's a it's a I don't want to say it's completely inside the the um, the intramural ball game, but it seems like completely inside the intramural ball game. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is like, you, it's the Rorschach stuff, right? You see what you want to see in it. So, uh, uh, you uh, know, yeah. it's funny. The only a friend of mine at this all day thing I've been at asked me, Democrat guy, right? He's like, he's like, how important do you think that is? I'm like, not at all. And he said, what makes you think that? I'm like, can you can you think of a launch that you can actually remember? And he's like, no. And I said, well, I can think of one, right? And this is a funny story. Mo Udall was running for president in 1976 with the Democratic nomination. And he had like an announcement in the morning, and then he went to a barbershop in the afternoon, like because that's what you used to do in New Hampshire, right, when you announced. And he's sitting there with the barbershop and all the cameras and reporters, and, and you know, the guy says, hey, who are you, you know, barber? And he says, hey, I'm Mo Udall. You know, I'm senator from Arizona. I'm running for, maybe he's governor at that point. He said, I'm running for president. And the barber, totally without prompting, said, yeah, I know. Me and the guys are laughing about that this morning. <laughs> That's perfect. You know, well, here's it, the thing. Like, it's the only it, rollout it, I can remember. It, you know, it, if, if you want to, um, it earned media. There's no doubt about that. And uh, it, it allowed for people. It allowed for people who... Uh, Wanted want to pile on to DeSantis to do that, but it also uh, allowed for DeSantis, which is going to be his theme, is I'm going to out policy you, right? I'm I'm going to be the guy who has you know uh, a command of these things, and I can actually deliver as opposed to 
you know, catchy, you know, one-liners and, and, and tough talk or whatever. So it'll be interesting uh, to see how it all, it all unfolds. I, I do think two observations, the fact that both Trump and Biden are dumping on DeSantis and the fact that Trump welcomes Tim Scott and has, has not touched any of his other opponents uh, is further indication to me that he's the one that they're both worried there. He's the one they're both worried about the most uh, and the 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 more people that get in the better off trump's chances you know right so yep. trump's doing sort of the two-step there where he's welcoming other candidates yeah i'm still not sure he that's knows right. that the more candidates there are i'm, I'm, still, I'm um, not sure that's right i mean i know that's the theory of the case I'm, I, and i'm not saying it's wrong i'm just saying i'm not sure it's right and you know what I, don't, I haven't seen any dispositive survey data that tells me it's right i mean it sounds right but there's part of me that's like I can imagine a world in which Tim Scott wins in South Carolina and Chris Sununu wins in New Hampshire and somebody else wins in Iowa and then we go to Florida and we fight it out. I don't know. The other thing that struck me, one other add-on to your observations, right, about DeSantis. Um, so I, I I don't want to say why I was on this call because it's too embarrassing, but I was on a call last night with him and 20 reporters and um, he talks a lot. Yeah, he does. He can't he can't shorten his... Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm he like, does even on his Twitter uh, stuff. It's just it's very long. Um, I, I, it kind of it it kind of runs. I mean, there were a couple of answers that would have just you know yes or no would have been a perfectly acceptable answer. Like no, I'm not thinking about that at all. Next question, well, right? So DeSantis uh, claims he killed he uh, he's so popular he scorched uh, he 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 blew up the uh, he blew up Twitter. Says he raised over a million bucks uh, in the first hour or so. But here's the deal: he's 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 got clearly a ton of money. He's assembling a team uh, that's growing, um, and their goal is is to out uh, uh, get more boots on the ground than Trump uh, in in like the Iowas and the New Hampshires and stuff like that. And 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 just like you said, get um, get it to be kind of disjointed up until florida now who's to say trump's not going to be competitive in florida i think he's going to be right. very competitive in florida right exactly I, I, I could easily see florida being a 45 45 state right yeah so it, uh, it, 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 it it's a campaign right we, we don't you don't really know what the hell is going to happen until we start getting going on it um i'm i'm glad i'm glad we're finally done with the shadow boxing and we're like now here right yeah yep 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 so Okay, yeah, the the Twitter thing didn't bother me at all. It's not <laughs> it's not it's not going to kill his campaign. It's, it made for some lightness it, and some fun. You know, um, but you know, I what I see is is a fixation on DeSantis from the Trump campaign, which I think is um an indication that he's most nervous about him and all the polling shows that that's probably the right the right focus for him to have. So the other guy who came in uh, there was another guy who came in this week. Let me, let me start out with, with his speech. And that's why I'm announcing today that I'm running for president of the United States. So Tim Scott, we've talked about him a lot. Yeah, we love him. He, we think he's a great senator. Yeah. Uh, we think he'll be a great positive voice in the campaign. Uh, again, not a great, not, not great coming out of the box. It felt like a dean scream to me. I don't know. Did, did it feel a little bit like a dean scream? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I, it was a little dean screamy. So, it, <laughs> sorry, it just was, it was a little awkward. But you know, he, uh, I, I mean, do like Tim Scott. Uh, you know, he, he looked, he's. Look at his background. Look at his um, his record of success. He's gonna he's gonna be able to raise some money. He can appeal to uh, the evangelicals and traditional conservatives. Um, he's got a great you know sort of story backstory. Um, he's he's not gonna be the nominee. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see a scenario where he becomes the nominee. I could easily I, imagine where where the two the two front runners wind up killing themselves and he he sneaks in. The the other thing that I think about him that I hadn't thought about until fairly recently, 
I could easily imagine him as the vice presidential candidate for either Trump or DeSantis. Instead of, I, I just, I was actually going to go there. I think that that's what this is, is an audition for it, either of those guys. It, it would really scramble the demographic egg there, right? I mean, it, it, if, yeah. you know, the, the, the Democrats command of the black voters are, is so essential, right? If, 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 if the Republicans could even get 15% of that vote, it would finish the Democrats in, in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, um, yeah. you know, in, in North Carolina, right? It, it would close, it would just, Close the presidential election almost. <laughs> okay. So there was another uh, entry. I don't know if you heard this. This this was sort of uh, under the radar. No. Tell but, me, tell uh, me it's tell me it's the rent's too damn high from, guy. This is no, this is from Twitter, this website called US Ministry of Truth, which has 320 plus thousand followers. I'd never heard of it, but I stumbled on this yesterday. In a stunning move. Jeb Bush has announced his candidacy for president of the United States <laughs> via a Microsoft Teams call. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Man, you know, uh, whatever. <laughs> it just epitomizes. That's just that's both uh, that's both mean and hysterical. It'd be better it would be better if I, they it'd be better if uh, they had said via Slack channel or something. Ah, no, Microsoft Teams is perfect. Uh, okay, so uh, other politics. Carper out. Carpe, yeah. Carper diem. Tom yeah. Carper, U.S. Senator, yeah. fourth term from Delaware, is not running for re-election, opening the seat. Uh, the whole world, uh, the whole Democrat world is um, leaning towards this, uh, gal, uh, this gentlewoman, Lisa Blunt Rochester. Yeah. Um, a current representative, House of Representatives. Is there one seat in Delaware or two? Uh, one, I believe. So anyhow, uh, she's being sort of leaned on. I guess uh, Chucky Schumer gave her a call and said, we think you'd be great. Let's get, let's have, let's have lunch. There's a transgender so. member of the Rhode Island state, leg Delaware state legislature rather, that's going to uh, run for that nomination too. I'm looking forward to see how that goes. So I have a question for you. Can you name one thing Senator Carper did in his four terms as, no. as senator? No, yeah, I can't I, no, either. No, 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 no. Okay, I'll, I'll, okay, come on. So, so he he basically um, instead of taking a deal that he could have gotten on the three pollutant bill, insisted that everybody add carbon. Oh, he wanted the the four P's. He, he wanted the fourth P. Um, he could have had a three P bill twenty five years ago, twenty years ago, twenty. Yeah. Yeah, about twenty years ago now. But he desisted on he desisted on doing something on carbon, which has led to the stalemate we've been in now for almost a full generation. But yeah, the short answer is, yeah, the one thing he did, um, was he uh, really diminished my my re my respect for United States senators, and I'll tell you why. Because he right, this should be interesting. Because he used to end all his hearings. He may still, I may still, I haven't listened to a hearing of his in years. But he used to end all his hearings and all his, you know, all his questions to the witnesses by saying, you know, I'm a father and I'm a grandfather, and I just want you to take off your hat, whatever hat you're wearing, as a witness today. And as a father or grandfather who's talking to a woman, as a mother or grandmother, what do you think's the right thing to do here? All I could think of is <laughs> what, what I've been saying the whole hearing. You're right. <laughs> I, I, it it is it is deeply troubling that a grown person, but especially a grown man, and I'm going to point out he's a grown man, um, it was was reduced to essentially emoting all over his witnesses in the United States Senate committee hearing, and he did it, it all the time. It was his gimmick. It was his shtick. It hated it. Yeah. I hated it. I couldn't stand it. All I could think of is if John Dingle were here right now, he'd punch you in the mouth. <laughs> Tell us how you feel about Tom Carver. All right. Well, we wish you well there, Senator. Good. Uh, good luck. Godspeed. I hope get another open seat uh, in the next uh, election in the Senate. All right. So this one is hot. Of our, you got any more politics before I move on? Uh, I have a policy thing. What do you got? I got so I got a lot more, but I just want to get out of the out of the politics. Okay, stuff. get out of the politics. All right. So this is from our friend Tom Fitton, 
over at Judicial Watch, uh, Tom did some FOIA work and he uncovered that the U.S. Department of State's official office of the Special Envoy for Climate, John Kerry, has a staff of 45. Yeah. 45 dudes. Yeah, we already and dudettes. Yeah, we knew that. Here's the thing, right? The guy who did most of this work is Tom Catanacci over at Fox News. What neither of the Toms have been able to find out is who they are. Now Fitton got himself yeah. Fitton got himself an org chart. He got the org chart. Right. But, but there's no names. Yeah. It's the weirdest damn thing ever. How how can you work for the United States government in a non-classified position and not be on the org chart? Yeah, it's crazy. If it's I was absolutely crazy, this this whole thing is like an off the books operation. Is this is this even a congressional I, I, position authorized? I don't think so. If I was a house guy, I'd start asking questions about, hey, you know what? Just give me a list of all these names and phone numbers because I don't want to start calling them up, making sure they're actually there. Oh yeah, no, don't dare ask them for lists. Remember what happened to I me? I do, I do. And but you know that's what I'm saying. If I was a member, I'd be like, hey, oversight, oversight. Yeah, we're gonna do this. Yeah, I was. All right, here's another. Go ahead, sorry. And I was just gonna say I I found the I have found this entire story remarkable. I don't I don't like this. How can this be? All right, here's another one I found. Uh, this was <laughs> this is from Yahoo News. Scientists suffering insults and mass spam are abandoning Twitter for alternative social networks. Where are they gonna go to Truth Social? Seriously, as hostile climate change denialism surges. On the platform following Elon Musk's takeover, yeah. researchers have doc. This is this is a journalistic. This is from journalism. Researchers have documented an explosion of hate and misinformation on Twitter since the Tesla billionaire took over in October 2022, and now experts say communicating about climate science on the social network on which many of them rely is getting harder and harder. That's unfortunate. I feel very bad. Maybe if you don't like, maybe if you don't like the bumpiness of public discourse, you maybe shouldn't be in public discourse. Well, yes, uh, or maybe if you're so used to just being able to say anything you want without fear of having to be challenged in any like way, I shape, said, or form, you, and then all of a sudden you have to. Like I said, if you if you if you if you like referee review, go through go go back to academia and do your refereed review. If you, you know, if you don't like if you don't like it, you don't have to expose yourself to it. I got another one. Uh, New York Times. Yeah, I'm sure you were going to bring this up. Supreme Court limits EPA's power to address water pollution. Okay, let me fix that headline for you. Yeah, I knew you were going to hate that headline. Supreme. I did, in fact, read that headline. <laughs> New York Times. Supreme Court confirms right of people to have private property, free, free yeah. to en free to enjoy, and free from. Um, Illegal bureaucratic overreach. How about that? I fixed yeah, that. Yeah, no, fixed they that just, right away. this is just great. You just read. This is what they. This is their their first sentence. SCOTUS Supreme Court curtailed the EPA's authority to police water pollution. They did no ruling so that the Clean Water Act does not allow the agency to regulate discharges into some wetlands near bodies of water. That you know, that's totally the court held that. I know it is. The court held that the law covers only wet and wetlands, quote unquote, with a continuous surface connection to those waters, Justice Samuel Alito Jr. wrote for a five justices. Yeah. Here's the thing. They didn't curtail anybody's authority. The EPA didn't have the authority is what the court found. So you can't curtail something you don't that, I, that somebody else doesn't have. Second, the underlying reality of it is even the concept of wetlands is difficult to find. That federal federal government should be able to regulate wetlands is difficult to find. It really is, girls. It's just it's it's Sackett, right? Sackett was that was the case, right? It was decided yep. unanimously. Five five folks signed on to the signed on to the Alito decision. Uh, four others came along for the ride for various reasons. Um, this has been a story that we've been at since 1988, right? With the Swank decision. Um, bottom line is, and stop me if you've heard this before, Congress has to do something here. Congress has to do something or this is going to be or the, the or, or EPA is going to be without a wetlands permitting program. Yeah. So do you know who wrote the dissent? 
Here's an interesting. Who wrote, who wrote uh, alternative uh, concurrence? Right. There were no. There were no dissents. There was concurrences. Concurrence. Who wrote the concur? Justice Kavanaugh, joined by three liberal justices in a concurring opinion, said the decision would harm the EPA's ability to combat pollution. Quote by narrowing the X coverage of wetlands to only adjoining wetlands. He wrote. The court's new test will leave some long-regulated adjacent wetlands no longer covered by the Clean Water Act with significant repercussions for water quality and flood control throughout the United States. Super. The good news is Congress could fix that tomorrow morning if they wanted to. Yeah. But they're not going to. So, and then a, a uh, anyway, so huge win it, it, for it, it. Americans, especially in rural America. Yeah, I mean, you know the the deal here. The, this guy, these sackets, right? This poor guy's a welder in Wyoming, and he built himself a stock pond, and that's what they dinged him on. It has no connection to anything else. The sixteen million bucks is what they find this guy for a stock pond. It, it, it staggers the it staggers the imagination. It really does. Anyway, what else you got? You got one. Off the presses from today from Bloomberg, former FERC chairman Richard Glick yeah, I saw this. starts clean energy consulting firm along with his trusty chief of staff, Pamela Quinlan, GQ, I guess that stands for Glick Quinlan, Let's hope new so. energy strategies, which aims to, quote, help clients understand and thrive in the shifting industry energy regulatory and policy environment. So well, Glick, uh, uh, former commissioner Glick, I wish you much success in your new endeavor. I, you know, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I like Rich. I like him a lot. He's a good guy. Um, I hope he does well in his thing. Yeah, I hope so too. And uh, I hope that uh, he has a lot harder time navigating the disapproval of uh, pipelines as a I, I was going to say I will be commission so I will point out I will point out one fact right that that makes me uncomfortable still and that is that the pipeline guidance statement the pipeline policy statement and the greenhouse gas policy statements still exist in draft form inside that building that's it, right they've not been they're rejected just they're just waiting to come back to life so anybody who thinks hey shooting's over this shooting is most definitely not over. It's far from over. In fact, yep. there are plenty of uh, uh, rumors floating around about shenanigans with naming commissioners and you know all that stuff. So they're just they're just hanging and waiting, folks. I, I hear and oh, by the way, the letter from House O and I on uh, the request uh, for documents from House O and I on Allison Clements. Yeah has the time limit has now passed. So you're not going to send anything. I don't blame her. I wouldn't either. I will point out that probably as part of this debt ceiling thing, we're going to get a, a couple of new fur commissioners. That's what I hear. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> hey, did you hear? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Uh, all right. I wanted to uh, stumble on over to the Ukraine. Sure. situation sure um so apparently now we're they're getting f-16s yeah why not why not there's a long article in politico uh how biden got to yes on f-16s and ukraine the decision followed a flurry of activity in the weeks leading up to the g7 uh summit a key turning point came in the last few weeks when the west finished delivering the vast majority of equipment Ukraine needed for a planned spring counteroffensive. The coalitions of countries supporting Ukraine had shuttled tons of heavy, heavy, heavy weaponry, including sophisticated air defenses and armored vehicles to battle to help Kiev repel Russian forces. Kiev. Uh, the decision on jets is the latest move and was become a familiar pattern of incremental military aid to Ukraine. Time and again, the West has initially resisted sending advanced equipment only to relent months later. The process played out with Stinger aircraft, anti-aircraft missiles after the start of the full-scale invasion, the Patriot missile system in December, M1 Abram tanks in January, and now again with F-16s. Sound off, sir. Sound off. 
this is something we don't think about very much in the United States because we haven't actually been in a shooting war on our soil, in, you know, essentially since the Civil War. Um, the F-16s are not a defensive weapon in modern warfare. The F-16s are an offensive weapon. They are only used to attack um, other airplanes, airplanes on the ground, or ground assets, right? Um, it, 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 they are not, they do not, there's no Russian bombers flying over Ukraine that F-16s are going to shoot down. There's no Russian fighter planes, as best I know, over Ukraine that the F-16s are going to shoot down. They're used for close combat support, I think is what they're going to be used for mostly. We creep a little deeper into this war that, that in which we may have an interest, but in which we have no allies um, every day, every day, every damn day. You know, and the thing is, the Republicans, God almighty, right? Ron DeSantis says, well, I'm pretty much should be over by the time I get there in 2025. Okay, that's a good half answer. And, of course, Donald Trump, I could settle this thing in a day. I'm like, sure, and then we could get to building that wall. Um, you know, it, 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 I'm very concerned about this. I really am. Uh, this, this, I, I see no happy ending at the end of this story for us. Yeah. And I wonder how it plays out in the campaign as well. So I mean, look, we're already we're already look, we already have acknowledged we have troops on the ground in Ukraine. We're already acknowledging we're helping them with real time targeting. Now we're helping them like with delivering ordinance against Russian ground troops. Not just a little bit, but like they're gonna basically just fly RF sixteens, which are targeted by Americans, you know against Russians. I want you to think about this. You know, we're starting to creep dangerously close to some red lines here. Well, uh, it's certainly not how uh, Charlie Wilson and, and Gus would have handled it. That's for sure. It's not how you imagine we get into World War III, but here it is. Yeah. All right. Well, at least, uh, at least Zelensky has, because of this, maybe he has a little breathing room, has a little time in his hands. This is also from Politico. Zelensky gives surprise Johns Hopkins commencement speech. God almighty. Where does he have the time to, to give commencement speeches to John Hop, Johns Hopkins University Got students? Got me. Guy, the guy met with the Pope two weeks ago. I'm like, guys, he's literally suppressing the Catholics in Ukraine. Why are you meeting with him? What's wrong with you people? It... it uh, and the inspiration, uh, the inspirational speech included a, this quote: "Will our air defense systems be able to save all the lives at risk? What moment in the battle can be the most risky, and which one could be decisive? And how long will this war last? We are trying to get a grip on the time of our lives. What is happening to us? I'm not so <laughs> so sure these uh, young." budding college you know uh new new college graduates got the inspirational speech they were looking for but hey whatever so if the russians invade don't worry about it there might be some american munitions left for you guys i i'm pretty much done that's my list my I'm list turn it over to you and then i got one more my list included Sackett. that's what i really wanted to talk about super excited about that decision um i can't think of anything else yeah got everything DeSantis. Saget, debt ceiling, all of it. Um, I think we already talked about John Durham last week, so that's that. What do you got? All right, I got one more. This is from the Florida Today. Uh, this is from Florida Today. Who is that gator in the window? Gateway woman snaps late night doorstep photos of alligator. It's not every day you get to knock on your door. You get a knock on your door late at night. And it's definitely not every day that the source of the late night knocking is a five-footed alligator. That was the reality Monday night for Gateway resident Elizabeth Fabry and her, as her family and her husband heard a knocking around 10.30 p.m. They went to go answer the door and were greeted by an alligator lounging on their doorstep. Uh, and, of course, they uh, the reason I'm putting the article in is because uh, they snapped some cool photos. So. What Go else? to the article in the show notes. What, <laughs> what, else, what, else, does, what else does one do in Florida when the gator shows up? It's so good. <laughs> a Florida man. So, By the way, that was, that was the best headline. That was the best headline on the DeSantis thing. Politico ran it. 
a Florida man announces for president. I was just like, <laughs> that's the winner headline. Make America Florida, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The free state of Florida. All right, that's a wrap. I'm going to close with this. All right. <laughs> I saw that alligator story. I know half the half our listeners are not going to get that clip, but I saw that alligator story and I had I had to play the you know, land shark Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I was gonna say the, the, the other half will get it fine, just fine. Telegram. <laughs> land shark. All right. Well, that is a at least we didn't have as many glitches as as Ron DeSantis in this maybe, episode. Maybe we should run for president. All right. Well, in the interim, that is a wrap of the unregulated podcast. Number 133 is in the books. Namaste. Who is it? Plumber. <laughs> plumber? I didn't ask for a plumber. Who is it? Telegram. <laughs> oh, telegram, just a moment. <laughs> I saw that alligator story. I know half the half our listeners are not going to get that clip, but I saw that alligator story, and I had I had to play the yeah, land like, shark Saturday Night Live. I was going to say the, the the other half will get it fine, just fine. Telegram, <laughs> land shark. All right. Well, that is a. At least we didn't have as many glitches as as Ron DeSantis in go. this episode. Maybe we should run for president. All right. Well, in the interim, that is a wrap of the Unregulated Podcast. Number 133 is in the books. Namaste. Hey.